Hello everyone, welcome back to Dafa Shavua as we study Mesechas Yivamos, Daf Ayin Hey. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. We have a very loaded Daf and it's a complicated Daf to explain without uh, sitting in front of you, giving a regular shear. But I want to deal with uh, two topics in general form. We're going to deal with the status of a Yoledet, uh, someone who has a baby, after uh, childbirth. And then we're going to deal with Pitsua Daka, which is a little bit uh, more complicated to explain, but we're going to cover it. And the differences between the way the Oled that is presented in the Torah and the way things happen, Bizman uh, So I thought that the best thing to do is to just look at the Shulchan Aruch. We're going to look at the uh, Simon and the Shulchan Aruch. I'm going to read more or less translate it, and that will help us. As far as when in labor the Oleda status begins is a discussion really belonging to Mesechas Nida and Daf But I want to discuss, as some people asked me as they were looking ahead at the Daf, you know, how many days, how does it work? So the Shulchan Aruch says in Yerdea, Kuftzadi Dalad, Aleph, Yoledas, Afil Loras Adam, a woman who gives birth. We're talking here about a natural birth. Caesarean's a little bit different, even though we're going to assume also that there is Dam especially at the latter part of uh, the process of a cesarean. Yoledas afil laras adam temea kanida. You hear this? So she has the status of being a nida. Bein yoldachai, bein yoldameis afilo nefel. Rahman al-Islam, even if the child does not survive. So what we're seeing is a vaginal delivery makes a woman a yoledet. Um, and she's going to become a nida. The nida status may start earlier, does start earlier, uh, with the water breaking. And again, those are issues that I'm not going to get into right now. But what I wanted to read to you is the next uh, part in the Shulchan Aruch. How long is the tuma? And the Shulchan Aruch says, "Achshab is manazeh kol hayoldos chashuvas yoldos bezov utsrichos lispar shiva nikiim." So every yoledes is going to require shiva nikiim. Nimseisa omer shiyoledes zacher yosheves shiva leleda v'shiva nikiim l'ziva v'yoledes nekev yosheves shvuayim leleda v'shiva nikiim l'ziva. What the Shulchan Aruch says is that even if she has only minimal bleeding, she can't immerse in the mikvah till 12 days after the birth of a boy and 14 days after the birth of a girl. But the bottom line is, and that's why this is not so halacha just by reading the Shulchan Aruch, it's usually a much longer period as women bleed for a number of weeks. And that's why you end up, which you don't really have a practical difference between a boy and a girl. So I wanted to just go through that with the Oledas on top and to understand the process of waiting. This leads us now to the discussion of Pitsua Daka. Now what I want to do for Pitsua Daka is I'm going to basically, more or less, with some uh, changes, read to you from the Penine Halacha. The Penine Halacha is a very, very popular safer in Eretz Yisrael of Halacha. It's a bottom line of the Halacha Lamaseh by Rebbe Lezah Malameh. 
And a lot of our kids come back and learn it. And I was trying to find a good summary of these halachas of Pitsua Daka, and I'm going to basically give to you what you have here, and it's going to have some of the philosophy as well. And we could go through the Rambams in Hilchos Yisurei Bia Perik Tezayin Halacha Aleph. Let me start with that. Pitsua Daka. So you read the Gemara. How do you translate it? The way they translate it in the Maznayim is a maimed, someone who has maimed testicles. Okay, then it goes on to discussing uh, Vikaris, Shivcha, severed member. This person is not allowed to marry a Jew. There are going to be exceptions. They could marry someone who has converted, a female convert or a free maidservant, which isn't relevant today. This is not discussing when it happened Bidei Shemayim. The person was born that way. So let me read to you how the Panini Halacha, it's just, I usually don't read you something directly. This is a translation. I hope it's a good translation that I'm going to give you. Asaris, a man who is sterile because of any of the three parts of his reproductive system doesn't function. That's what's covered on Adaf. May not marry a Jewish woman. As it says in Devarim 23, 2. No one whose testes are crushed. That's what we call Pitsuadaka. If one's aver um, is cut off, kurur shavcha shall be admitted to the congregation of the Lord. And Osiris may marry a convert or freed slave because the Torah prohibits marrying into the congregation, meaning women who are born Jewish. Even a married man who becomes Osiris must divorce his wife. This marriage prohibition is limited to a person who became Osiris due to human action. Again, I'm translating it based on our Gemara, but we're going based on the um, Rav Malami. It's an introduction to the topic, whether intentional or accidental, right? So the marriage prohibition is limited to a person who became a Saris due to human action, whether intentional or accidental. In contrast, someone whom God made infertile, who was born that way, may marry into the congregation. True, he'll be unable to have children, and in most cases he will not be able to have sexual relations with his wife. Nevertheless, if he finds a woman who agrees to marry him, they're considered a married couple in all respects. Now, I want you to hang in for the end of the shir, because we're going to go through two or three chuvos halacha lamasa. But I like this uh, pinine halacha, which I could have just sent you a copy, but I'm reading it to you. So listen carefully. The law that Asaris cannot marry is a divine decree whose rationale we cannot fully understand. This is what Rav Malamed is saying. However, it does teach us, and now this is going to be based on Amari Nevuchim, as well as the Chaskuni, the great importance of the mitzvah of procreation, which very often this is discussed in this context. That's Shalom Baum's comment, which is the primary purpose of marriage. Since Asaris cannot have children, he may not marry into the congregation. Now, the fact this is brought in the Amari Nevuchim Gimel Memtes, that's the philosophy. But again, it's a chok. That's Shalom Baum talking. Additionally, as a rule, Asaris cannot fulfill the mitzvah of Onah, which means satisfying his wife. And we're concerned, the Mora Nevuchim says, and you could find this in the Ravid on the laws of Yisurei Bia 15.2, that this will, chas v'shalom, lead the wife to commit adultery. Can you imagine? That's what's being presented over here. Because by missing these parts or not having the full development, 
there's going to be a lack of satisfaction, which is obviously fundamental to the marriage. Another possible rationale for this commandment is that it has helped you stay far away from the practice of castration. In the past, kings would regularly castrate men whom they would then assign to be ministers, officials, guards for women, so the kings did not have to worry about their loyalty. This is explained in the Sefer Achinuch 559. Even today, some people undergo vasectomies. This is where these halachas would come up as well, and the like, so that they could have sex freely without worrying about the possibility of an unwanted pregnancy. We know we're talking here to a very mature crowd. So these are the issues of Petsua Daka, but there's a lot more to say about it. I wanted to jump to a few really incredible chuvos of contemporary poskim. This is a widely quoted tshuva. You need to understand it carefully, but I'm going to do it within the short uh, time frame. In the Shalos Chuvos Igros Moshe, Evan Ezer Chalik Beis Simbid Gimel. You could read our Gemara and not be 100% clear who's considered to be a Ptsua Daka and the other categories as well. So here's the question that was asked to Ramosha. We actually have uh, the person who asked the question, Ramosha Ram. We just lost in our community Rabbi Moshe Tendler, the Ramosha's son-in-law, who would have been the first person, you know, I would have called to discuss these Shilas with. This is a Shila, what I want to say to you, that I once had to deal with something like this with a person in my community. Binyan Masha Notlin Harofim, here's Ramosha, Masha Humea What they do is they remove part of the the, the beitza, the testicles, so this is someone who's not able to have a child. The reason why they're taking off part of the testicle so that the person should be able to have a child. But the concern is, Are you really creating a situation where he wouldn't be able to live with her because you're removing it? And maybe that's considered to be a pitsua daka. Now, Ramosha makes something very clear here. Not all Achronim agree there's a Lavush, but what Ramosha says here is quoted, I saw it quoted by Rav Sternbach, and many Achronim are going to quote it. Ukvarnis rapu harbe vaholidu, ein bazet isrami din lav de Ramosha Ramosha's of the position that if a Pitsua daka or not a Petsua Daka, if someone has what may appear on this Gemara and in the other Gemaras to be a Petsua Daka, but could still have children, then by definition it's not a Petsua Daka. You hear? Petsua Daka ties in, and that's part of why I gave you the whole Tameha Mitzvos from Rab Malamed to being able to have a child. So you could do a procedure that's going to help a person have a child, especially if it's happened in the past, then we're seeing that it's not a p'suadaka. And he quotes, Yivamas daf ayin hey. Now, this relates, I'm using p'suadaka, but it relates to the other categories as well. 
And it's an important shuva of Reb Moshe, but I'm just giving you the bottom line. Now, Reb Moshe talks about the fact that maybe some of what's described in the Gemara, they couldn't have children, and today we have the ability to have children. So he calls it uh, nishtana hateva. It's a way of saying that uh, nature has changed, which raises the whole question of how do we deal with science and halacha. Some aren't bothered. They say, okay, Chachamim were dealing with their own science as they understood it. But uh, Ramoshas takes a more conservative approach to say Nishtana Hateva. I'm not sure exactly if he means the science, the body has changed or the science has changed or the understanding. So the bottom line in Ramosha is that if you, you could be able to use such a uh, procedure. It's a very long shuva. He deals with a lot. But again, I'm reading you the last paragraph. I'll call upon him this barash daka. So that I want you to keep in mind. Now there's another part where the Gemara discusses that you put a hole into the uh, testicles and the Gemara says, As long as it doesn't stop the semen from coming out, you're able to have a child, it wouldn't be an issue. And this leads to two chuvos from Ramosha Sternbach. And it's just really interesting the way it's presented. Chuvos van Hagos, Krach Beis, Simintof Reish Pevav. Sheila Pitsuadaka. So when you're reading this Gemara, you think, you know, how's this relevant today? You heard it here. He tells the following story. The very important tshuva. So one of his beitzen, one, one of his uh, testicles was uh, crushed. But the doctor said you could have a baby. So this guy travels to America for Shiduchin to find a wife. And he asks him, Because if you look in Nevin Ezer, Simon Hayes, if Zion, the Ramah says, Sheikr de Psul Sheroy la Chush Bisadar Islamachmir and Shahim Robinian Verobanov, then maybe even if you could have children. So he goes on to explain something very important, and this comes across as well in another tshuva of the Rosh Sternbach. They, we don't always have the definition from the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't give you the exact details of Pitsua Daka. It's not giving you the measurements. That today, with one uh, testicle, you could have a child. And he talks about the right testicle and the left testicle. There's nothing to worry about. And he says, what I'm going to do, it's such an uh, amazing ending, is go to America and then find out what the Gedolei Hora are going to tell us. And we know the Gedolei Hora in the United States of America are, as far as I know, are going to allow it. The last question that I wanted to just show you 
in Tshuvas Vahanagos, Krach Vav, Simon Ration and Bays, is a wild question about someone who uh, was a Baal Tshuva and he had some kind of uh, procedure done so that he could have, uh, I guess what we call it like an earring or a nose ring, but it's a ring in that area to be put on. And does that fit into one of these three categories of a prohibition for a person coming into Kaliasrael? And he said that the bottom line is you go back to the same issue. Is this going to have an impact on the person having the child? And he quotes in this tshuva from Ramosha Feinstein, and that's what I'm going to end it with. So even if you'll see a Gemara that looks like you're knocking someone out, that could have been based on the science then, or the way the body was then. I like to say the science. The Sofdavar, which uh, Rav Sternbach says, Bottom line is, you should try to get two doctors. I guess it's some form of edus. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this very interesting shear, and we'll continue to learn beautifully together.